bad bitch. Money count on cash on me. Shotty blow my phone. That's corny. That's a no no. Hey, welcome. Welcome to barbershop.talk. This is the podcast where our topics are determined by the conversation in the barbershop on Saturday. That's right. If you talked about it in the shop on Saturday, we're going to talk about today on our podcast. Hello, my name is J-Rod, and I am your host. I am in Out The Way Studio here in Indianapolis, Indiana, also known as Naptown. And I am joined with my co-host, KC. Thank you, J-Rod. It is a pleasure to co-host Barbershop.talk podcast here in Out The Way Studios. I look forward to presenting topics we discussed in the shop, as well as the manner in which we discussed them. This would include the gamut from analytical to anecdotal, from critique to humor and fun, all in an attempt to present to the audience the real flavor of Barbershop Talk. Well, you know some KC? Normally we introduce our third co-host, which is Arthur. Mm-hmm. But he hasn't been around lately. Yeah, uh, hey, Rod, I guess I need to inform you. Uh, Arthur has contracted the COVID virus. <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute. You say that the COVID is now attacking <laughs> artificial intelligence? <laughs> well, I think mainly non intelligence. Uh oh. Arthur, I didn't say that. <laughs> no, no, I guess this new variant uh, can affect artificial Oh, okay. <laughs> <All right. laughs> well, if the, okay, Arthur's two things. I know you're going to be listening to this podcast. One, I didn't make any comments about you. I was just wondering where you was at. Yeah. <laughs> that was KC. And we hope you get better soon. Yes, indeed. As now, Arthur, you know, we got to joke. We got to make jokes on this program. So don't take it personal. Oh, he's going to take it personal. <laughs> well, in that case, I hope it fries your circuits. <laughs> <laughs> oh it's gonna be a long episode a long episode all right for our listeners who don't know arthur he's our artificial intelligence and he normally is the individual that uh would check the background information for us. he'd like to do the fact check for us so you know that would have been a good thing for donald trump to have when he was in the when office <laughs> <laughs> I bet he, that'd been one busy I, uh, AI. <laughs> yeah, it'll take uh, about 10 of them to, <laughs> to fact check all that garbage he's putting out. You have, oh, let me see. Do you remember the figure they said how many lies Donald Trump had, Donald Trump had um, said while he was in the office? While he was in office. Once it got over 4,000, <laughs> I just quit paying attention. <laughs> it was over 30,000. Yeah. 30,000 lives. Well, 30,000, this was still within the first year of his, of his presidency. <laughs> and I was like, well, you know, there's just no more validation of anything anyway at this yeah, point. It was pretty bad. It was pretty bad. Hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about the, just like we said in the intro, if you talked about it on Saturday in the barbershop, we're going to talk about today in our podcast. Mm-hmm. And the big topic was about, you know, black history being taught in schools. And there's a movement to try to remove it out of school or, or at least whitewash a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And that and that went into event um inventions, you know, what was invented, invented yeah. um in the country. So I took notes this time on Saturday and I wrote down all the things that they was talking about invented, some of them by Caucasians and some by African Americans. So I want to do this little game with you here, Casey. I am going to mention an item, and I want you to tell me 
if it's true or false, if it was invented by, by an African American. All right, I, I think I can handle that. All right, now keep in mind that you have to. I want you to think out loud. Okay. Right. I want you to think out loud, and uh, uh, for our audience, please feel free to play along. You know, again, it's true or false. You know, okay. let me let, let the audience see my thought process as I'm going through this and that, evaluating. That'll be all right. All right. That'll be. All right. Are you ready? Yeah. Let's do this, Jay Rod. All right. True or false? An African American invented the zipper. Zipper. Yes. Well, yeah, let me see. Man, that's dangerous area. <laughs> I'm gonna say we didn't we didn't have no stylish pants for a long time. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> I'm gonna say false, J. Rod. And you know something? You are absolutely right. That was invented by a Caucasian. Yeah, in fact, um, the ideal came up in 1851, and that was the same year that it was patented. It was by Elijah Howe. That's the individual who invented it, and he really marketed it around when the sewing machine got very popular, and that was around in 1893. Mm. <laughs> Not bad. That's pretty good, KC. You got the first one right. All right, audience in KC, are you ready for the second one? Oh, yeah. An African-American invented the mailbox. Man, Ma mail been running this country since its founding. And... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> And want none of it for us. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's so sad to say. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna say false again. All right, it is true. Wait a minute, true. An African American did invent it. Yes, African American oh. invented the mailbox in 1891. Philip Downing invented the street letter box, which became the predecessor of the mailbox we use today. Before Downey invented the uh, the mailbox, individuals that needed to uh, send mail had to travel to the post office. Imagine that. Yeah. Imagine that. Okay, now I can see the logic behind it. Mm -hmm. They were sending up. They take this <laughs> to the post office. <laughs> and tired of taking these white folks stuff. Okay, I see the logic behind it now. Right? Okay, all right. Okay, now that we know the logic is easy. That was easy. Once we found out <laughs> that we was taking it to the mailbox. Yeah. All right, okay, let's try another. True or false? An African-American invented caller ID and call waiting. Let's think about it. Man. I don't, wanna, I don't know when it was invented, but I know that it got implemented on a wide scale, I want to say like in the late 70s or the 80s. But black folks, we, we always concerned about who calling us. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, if, if 
somebody else's calling is more important than somebody else, like, hey, you you got to hold on, bro. You got to hold on. <laughs> I'm gonna say true. <laughs> oh my goodness. Come on. Come on. Come on. You are absolutely correct. That is correct. <laughs> you know, you can tell the inventor by last name is Shirley Ann Jackson. Oh, <laughs> yeah, Jackson. Go ahead, Miss Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> he was right. for real. And actually, it was their time doing AT&T. It was AT&T Bell's laboratory at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, she also developed the touch tone phone. And that included the caller ID and call waiting. Man, let's put some respect on this lady's name. <laughs> this need to be publicized. Yeah. <laughs> AT&T made billions off this woman. You're absolutely right. Now, uh, do you think the younger generation know what the uh, um, call waiting is? Because remember, before we had call waiting, you get the business, the the busy, the biz. Uh, I'm gonna try to say busy, busy signal. signal yeah. There you go. Eh, 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 eh. Well, uh, actually, uh, they they still carry, they still have the call waiting available on uh, on cell phones. So oh. that device uh, still implements that. Uh, still implements that. And that means that lady should still be getting paid for it. Her family should anyway. <laughs> You're talking about some royalties. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, I don't think so. <laughs> I think she should. All right, here we go. Here we go. All right, the next one. True or false? African Americans invented closed-circuit TV that evolved into home surveillance cameras. Wow. Hmm. All right, J-Rod, I got to think back on this one. Uh, we, we didn't have access to a lot of TV back then. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it depends on what year you're talking about. <laughs> uh, well, I know closed, closed circuit was... Uh, was available in the early 70s because I remember uh, when Ali fought Foreman, that was a big closed circuit uh, fight. You could go to the theaters and they were showing it via closed circuit TV or whatever. But I'm going to say false. It was true. What? Yes. And I think you mentioned around 1970s. This was invented in 1966 by Maria Brown. Right, and that device sparked the invention of the home surveillance camera. So, yes, it was an African American female who invented closed circuit TV in 1966. That's yeah. impressive. That is. That That's is. impressive. And uh, yeah, start doubting my people, man. Cause we doing we doing big things. We just never heard about it. Yeah, yeah. And I'm sure they didn't get their just. They do respect and they do rewards for it. Well, you know, we always we always had a model of just do it. You know, mm-hmm. we had that way before Nike. Right. Do it, do it, do it. Do so it. we should be getting royalties off of that too. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're gonna try another one here. We're gonna try one. No, not one more. We may do a few. True or false? The laser cataract surgery was invented by an African American. 
Okay, that's been around for a while. And I hate to say this, J. Rye. But you know, back in the day, they didn't want no doctor messing around with certain, you know, black doctor, you know, treating certain areas of you. And then your eyes. But I mean, I know we're capable and we, you know, great thinkers and great creators. Mm-hmm. And shoot, black folks got a lot of cataracts. <laughs> <laughs> so we would have had, you know, uh, the, the need for it. I'm going to roll with my people. I'm going to say truth. Because <laughs> you are absolutely correct. It was Patricia Bath. In fact, she was a graduate from Howard University. Mm. Yeah, imagine that. Now, it says here that uh, she was able to restore sight on several individuals who have been blind for over 30 years. Wow. What an impact. What an impact on society. Society. Now, you know something? This is a good reason why um, I, that African-American history should be taught in school, school and especially expanded. Yeah, it should be year-round. Yeah. They need to redo the history books and make them true history. Yeah, true history. You know, because right now, if you look at the current history of the United States, it seems like African-Americans didn't contribute a lot to this country. Right. You know, and we hit in the point, we hit it on some inventions that had a major impact on right. society. Yes. Yeah. Uh, we had innovators in, in, in all walks and all fields of life that uh, impacted this country, but, you know, we were never given uh, our true credit for it. I think you're right. All right. All right. Here we go, Casey. True or false? African Americans invented the car airbags. Mm. Car airbags. Damn. You know what? I could see some bro, you know, he's a smart guy, but maybe he likes to, you know, enjoy himself from time to time and indulge in some things and get creative. <laughs> they just, man, I almost had a wreck. Uh, I was, I was wasn't paying attention. I need something. I'm gonna say yes, J. Rod. <laughs> no. Oh. <laughs> no, that was not invented by an African American. The person was John Hick Rick. In fact, he had the patent in 1953, but did not become popular into 1971. Mm. You know, he was experienced uh, as an engineer. And in fact, he was a member of the United States Navy uh, that given him the experiments uh, or the ability to experiment with this. And it started off with an air capacitor. Now, you know, our, our customer, uh, Mr. Logic, he's an engineer. I wonder what he know. What would he would have to say about that? He probably would have got it right. You think he would have got it right? He probably would have got it right. I, I, I don't know, you know, because he, he's not a military type of guy. <laughs> <laughs> I think he dodged the draft. Yeah, but he he, he he does that deep dive into the engineering. So I think he he knows his history in terms of a lot of engineerical, historical things. All right, okay. There you go, Mr. Logic. We got our money betting on you that you knew the answer to that one. All right. Ooh, 
what about this one, Casey? All right. Computer graphics design. We're talking about the person who invented 3D special effects. I don't know what I don't know why that tickles me. <laughs> I don't know why that tickles me. It tickles me, boy. <laughs> So I'm gonna say yes. <laughs> All right. I'm gonna say yes. You are absolutely correct. I was uh, right for all the wrong reasons. <laughs> in fact, it was Marcus Hanna. He created uh, a computer program that helped create the special effects for films like Jurassic Park, Aladdin, Beauty and the Beast. Mm. Wow. Yeah. You you know, it all that's part of uh uh those are some big yeah. big blockbuster all movies. These unsung heroes. Yes, imagine yeah, that. Maybe. That's right. Again, that's why African American history should be expanded in the school district. All right, we're gonna try to do one more here. All right, what do we have here? We need one more. Oh, you should get this one, Casey. Okay. True or false? Mm -hmm. An African American invented the super soaper. <laughs> the super soap. Yes. You know, it's that little um it's like a, a major it's like a a, a water gun on oh. steroids. Oh, okay, okay. All yeah. right. Super soaker. So circle. Super, soaker. Super circle. Don't don't try to say it three times fast. <laughs> and we, we can't even say it one time slow. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but I know what you're talking about. Okay. Hmm. Water gun. Soaker now. All right. Water got shut off. Went to the neighbors. Hey, put some <laughs> water in there. Yeah, clean these kids. I'm going to say yes. <laughs> You're going to say yes. <laughs> yes. You oh, are. Right. <laughs> You're correct. You're correct. In fact, uh, um, uh, this inventor, he was an African American. Uh, worked for NASA. He was a NASA engineer. Hmm. He created a toy back in the 90s. Wow. Wow. Now, actually, he had, it says here he has several patents attempting to come up, up with the name Super Soaker. And he pulled in $200 million in 1991. This brother got paid for his invention? He got paid. Way to go, bro. $200 million. Yes. Of the super soak soaker. Wow. wow. You know something about this? That was some pretty good history. I really think that. I mean, that was pretty great. Hey. You know, uh, again, um, play this podcast several times so you can learn this history. And, and, and we're going to have to revisit this because I know there's a lot more uh, stuff that uh, African Americans have done over the years that went unsung. Oh, I agree with that 100%. You know something, I think it's time for us to just go ahead and recognize our sponsors. So I am going to go ahead and do that. But I do have to say, that was a good lesson. Hey. 
It's a party out in my Taiwan on the beat, already know. It's a party out in my All right, this is a spot in our podcast that we stop to recognize our sponsor. That's right. We like to recognize King Cap, the owner of Out the Way Studios. He has several organizations under his umbrella. However, the one that he is most proud of is his custom-made T-shirts. That's right. If you want any of his service or want to find out some information about what he can do for you, go ahead and email him at kingcap317 at gmail.com. And we have to introduce our second sponsor. That is 421 Barbershop, where good things happen to your hair. Located here in Indianapolis on Michigan Road. If you want good things to happen to your hair, come in and check out our master barbers at 421 Barbershop. All right. <laughs> That's our sponsor, King Cat, just jamming away. Hey, you know something, Casey? You know, I made a commitment to continue to mention the Murph, Flanagan, Jones, and Walls family reunion. Mm-hmm. was supposed to be uh, August at the Eagle Creek Crest, which is the backside of the park. And that is August the 20th. And it's always supposed to uh, have a, um, a broadcast, a live broadcast back there. Right. And the night before, or the evening before, the 19th of August, they have fish fry. So eat all the fish you want. You know, I do have to give them a shout out because the, uh, uh, the committee had a fundraiser uh, yesterday. Mm-hmm. In fact, a handle um, um, bowling alley. And I tell you, you're talking about some action-packed fun. It is nothing like family fun. I mean, it was fantastic. I think I was more entertained about the people that couldn't bow than the people that <laughs> could bow. <laughs> they had uh, a lot of fun, food, a lot of fun, and especially they had a lot of love. Oh, yeah. And, and I made an appearance there, J-Rock. Yes, yes. And, and, so we, and you were there participating. Yes, indeed. And I'm going to let the audience know. J-Rod was the best bowler at that event. <laughs> I don't know if I was the best bowler, but I, I held my own. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do have to say, uh, my family is a family of bowlers. And I started, I started with my dad. My dad was an outstanding bowler. Um, and then my younger brothers and sister got involved, and I just kind of followed their lead. But it was a great event. And I, and I do appreciate the, the ones who attended and that was family and friends that attended. I do believe from talking to them yesterday, they have met their fundraiser fundraiser goal. And they wanted everybody to know that participated and contributed to the event. Every single cent would go toward that family reunion in August. So kudos to them. Good right. job. Good job. All right. You know something, Casey? I'm going to talk about, uh, I'm going to move on to another topic that was another hot topic in the barbershop but before i do that i know before we came on air you was talking about another event that was going on in indianapolis uh this weekend and i think it'd be worthy to kind of give a shout out to them as well because uh as our listeners know we are a member of Phi beta sigma fraternity and we are in love with all greeks so if there's some events happening in indianapolis we like all Greeks to be involved, and hopefully they will all participate uh, to continue our brotherhood and sisterhood. Yeah, so uh, uh, next weekend, 
the weekend of July 29th to July 31st uh, is Greek weekend in Indianapolis. And uh, uh, the Black Greek, uh, the Black Greek councils are getting together. They're having a Greek unity social on the 29th. And that's gonna be held at 416 Wabash from 8 p.m. to midnight. That's downtown Indianapolis. Uh, you do have to purchase tickets. Uh, July 30th is the Greek Unity Cookout, and that'll be held at Garfield Park. Uh, food is served starting at noon, and uh, pictures will be taken starting at 2 o'clock. Uh, there will be a uh, stroll-off at 4 o'clock. Uh, and then July 31st, uh, Sunday, uh, all the Greeks are asked to attend the Unity Church service and to wear your Greek paraphernalia at that service. Uh, that'll be at uh, Emmanuel Church of God in Christ. And uh, services there start at 1030. So uh, come out and support. If you're Greek, be there in your colors. If you're non-Greek, you can still come out and have a good time. Oh, absolutely. You know, and all to the uh, the Sigma Brothers, please plan to attend. Go mob. All right, you know something? I am going to switch gears a little bit here, KC, because I'm going to talk about another topic that seemed to be coming up all the time in the barbershop, and that is that we continue to talk about the January 6th committee hearings. Now, here's a question I have. I was just kind of uh, playing along with this in my mind here, and I was saying, you know, I wonder how many people are paying attention to that. How many people are actually listening um, to the or tuning in, I should say, or used to term tracking? Mm -hmm. uh, the hearings. You want to take a guess on that? How many people do you think? Uh, I think it's getting a pretty sizable audience. Uh, I think, uh, I, and I think the audience has been growing because with each hearing, so much more um, information, relevant information has been coming out and the picture has been painted as to uh, just exactly what was going on that I think it keeps drawing people uh, into it, even though some entities are working hard to try to avoid it. Hmm. I think that's a good point. Well, I tell you what, about 61% of Americans have followed the hearing so far. Now, wow. this, this is according to a news national poll. So 61% is a pretty significant number, mm -hmm. pretty significant number. The, the real question is, is how much of an impact that is having and if it's changing anyone's minds or perception but what's been going on? I yeah. think that's the real question. Uh, well, if I can respond to that, I'm going to say a definitely sure. a definite yes. Uh, I think you're starting to see, uh, and you're going to continue to see, more Republicans and more conservative uh, groups and organizations begin to disassociate themselves from Donald Trump. Uh, and the reason being is all of the witnesses that are coming forward through this are people that were with Donald Trump. Yes, his inner when circle. This happened, his inner circle. His inner circle. It's not, you know, some Democrat or some um, some media person trying to say things. That These are the people that were with him, you know, as these events were occurring. Yeah, in fact, uh, I, I think you're right. I think uh, most of Americans are tracking. Uh, it says here, it says, the big question is, you know, what do they think about the involvement of Donald Trump? And most Americans uh, approve of the January 6th hearing, uh, and they believe that Donald Trump was at least 
are somewhat to blame. So that's 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 saying quite a bit. It is. You know, I'm going to try to sneak in something real quick here, and I'm going to I'm going to play a short clip, and then I'm going to move on. I'll give him about thirty seconds or so because I do know our time is limited here. But listen to this. The question now in the main is: Has the January sixth committee laid out enough evidence of potential crimes for the DOJ to prosecute former President Trump? A committee member who led last night's bombshell public hearing seems to think so. The Department of Justice doesn't need to wait on us to do something. I sure as hell hope uh, that Merrick Garland has an open criminal investigation into Donald Trump. I mean, with what we've laid out there, with all of the information that is publicly uh, available, no one needs yeah. to wait for some formality from our committee um, to, to, to have that ball in motion. Well, we're going to see what happened on that. Mm-hmm. In fact, we're going to uh, have a—we uh, probably have a, a, our, our podcast kind of focus on that uh, next time around. Yeah. Now, I personally believe that he's already investigating the events that occurred from January 6th because, you know, you've seen several people already been charged and stuff. Mm -hmm. And in conjunction with that, I I think it's impossible not to see ties to Donald Trump with that as well. So we'll have to see how that turns out. I agree. Well, because of time, let's go ahead and close out. Here we go. I want to thank you for listening to Barbershop.talk podcast. Please tell your family, friends, and enemies about our podcast, Barbershop.talk, available on your favorite podcast platforms. Let's have peace in the streets. Be safe, be wise, and be loved. And we say, Go Mob. Money count on, cash on me, shoddy boom a